on NRL teams. The storm sweat on two stars as they prepare to face the old foe. The big guns return for the Rabbitohs, but will Wayne keep the faith with his rookie fullback? There's a selection shock at the Roosters, and the Eels and Knights look to their experienced heads ahead of a sudden death showdown. Welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens. Awesome to have you with us and so great to have finals footy upon us as well. Big hello to two blokes who know what finals footy is all about. Robbie Farrar, Brett Kamali, good to see you both. Yeah, it's a good time of year and a great time of year to be to be about. There's obviously half the teams are on holidays and gone home and the other still are in Queensland living the beautiful life and getting ready to play some big games of footy. It is that time, isn't it, when your team has made the finals. You're up and you're buzzy and you're absolutely, you know, hanging for it, whereas some other footy fans are going, you know what, I need to re-engage and move on to my second team right now. Yeah, who, is, who is your second team? Who's, who's everyone's second team going into the finals? Yeah. It's got to be the Knights, doesn't it? Bit of an mm. underdog. Titans made their first finals series in a while. Is that your first team? <laughs> second <laughs> team? Yeah. Right. And it's your third just team trying to, <laughs> Just trying to get a few more people yeah. on board yeah. as well. Um, before we say goodbye to the bottom half of the eight for the season, I do want to ask you one question about them. Yep. And it's a positive one. Who are you most pumped for in 2022? Who are you feeling most positive about that missed the eight this season? I think Brisbane are on the way forward, obviously, for the... The powerhouse club, they've got the wooden spoon last year. They've, that was the first time they've won it in, since 1988. So they've gone way to the bottom. Uh, new, new CEO, new general manager of football. Mm. Uh, they seem to get their salary cap in order. And I thought Kevy Walters started getting them playing a nice brand of football at the end of the year. So I think they've got a bit of upshot next year. Love it. You're not allowed to say the West Tigers. You have to get no, no, someone else. No, no. Other than Brisbane, I've got Cronulla. Uh, I think, obviously, with Craig Fitzgibbon coming in, I think they've recruited really well. Dale Fanukin, uh, Cameron McInnes. Uh, I think everyone's sort of forgotten about that signing because he's been out injured all year. But I think he's going to be a really good addition to that side. I think they're talking about him playing in a, in a lock, a ball-playing lock position, which I think will really add to their side. And, obviously, Nico Hines going over there as well to play 5-8. So, I think they've recruited well. New coach coming in. I think a lot of upside to the Sharks. So, some positive signs then for the Broncos and for the Sharkies. What about the bottom four, the teams who did make yeah. the eight? Can any of those bottom four in the eight upset some of the top dogs? Well, if we talk about the culture and the, how courageous the Roosters have been all mm. year with all the players and retirements and suspensions and everything else, they've still got a quality football side that knows how to win big games. So, I think the Roosters can get back to the forwards layer platform. They're good defensively. They won't beat themselves. They can grind out a tough win. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with Noddy. I think outside of the Roosters, who I think on their day can can grind out a win, uh, whilst they're missing a lot of key players, like Noddy said, that they've been on this at this stage before. Uh, they know how to win those tight games and, and sort of grit out a win. But I can't see anyone outside of the outside of the Roosters in the bottom four competing. Mm. The big dance is October 3. It's in the diary already, of course. Who is there on grand final day? No, I think it'll be the same as last year. I think the top two sides are Melbourne and Penrith. Uh, I actually think Penrith win the competition this year. I think it's a massive year for them. Burton, Burton and Tavita Pangai Jr., they didn't have last year. Uh, and they've all played big games of football. They've played State of Origin. They know what it's all about. So I think if Penrith can win this year, they could potentially win um, you know, a couple in a row. Big times to come. Do you agree? Yeah, hard to go past Melbourne and Penrith. I think you know they're the two standouts at the moment. The other third team, I think, is Manly. I think they're the only one that can probably challenge. Uh, Souths defensively and without Latrell Mitchell, I think they're probably just a little bit off. If Latrell Mitchell's there, I think it's a different story. But uh, in not having his X factor, uh, and he's just so good in those those big game moments. Uh, but I think you know, if you had to put your money somewhere, it'd be, it'd be Melbourne and Penrith. Um, 
I'll give, I'll give Manly a small chance. Yeah, without being disrespectful to Manly here, I give Tom Travojevic a chance. <laughs> yeah. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> and no, he wouldn't back yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if Tom, if Tom has three games like Tom can play, he's the most influential player in the competition. Yeah. If he has three games out, yeah. Manly win the comp. Yep. Speaking of Tommy Turbo, it's our last chance to get <laughs> you three, two and one and find out who that NRL team's player of the year is. Yeah. Who oh, do you round 25 points go to? And then we'll have a look and see who was on top of our leaderboard. Yeah, I had three for Tom Travojevic. I thought he was amazing. Nathan Cleary, um, the t- probably two most consistent mm. players in the competition. Uh, you'd love to have him. And I thought Anthony Milford... Said hooray to the Broncos with a great game. It's funny how you can just relax and have fun and go out there and perform like Anthony Milford has been doing five years ago. Mm. I gave my one point to Turbo, my two points to Turbo, and a three. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, uh, Tur- Turbo did get my three points. Uh, he's just unbelievable. Yeah. He just gets better every week. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, that try scored was like nothing I'd seen before. My two points, I thought Drew Hutchinson, I think, was outstanding for the Roosters, and he seems to be getting better every week in a, in a side that's been depleted with injury. He's really stepped up and taken control there. And my one point as well, uh, as Noddy, was, was Anthony Milford. I think he signed off on his stint at the Broncos with um, a vintage Anthony Milford performance, which we probably haven't seen in a while. You mentioned wanting to give all of your points to Tommy Turbo alone. Let's have a look mm. at how the leaderboard finished for the NRL team's MVP player of the season. And 24-point victor, Tom Trebojevic. Is the Dally M race this clear-cut? Uh, not as clear-cut, but I think he wins it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he wins it. I think Tom wins it. Tom's the most... What, he played 15 games, he scored 25 tries, 30 try assists, five hat-tricks. He's the most influential player in the competition. And again, if it's not him, it's Nathan Cleary. So yeah. um, the game's in a good position when we've got these players playing over the advantage line, six to go football, attacking flair... It's very good to watch. We'll get to see Tommy Turbo in action on Friday night. It is four o'clock, which means our teams have dropped and we can have a look at the first game of the final series, the qualifying final. Storm up against the Sea Eagles. What a way to kick things off at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Melbourne first. There were two big questions for the Storm and there's some good and some bad news. Josh Adokar has not come up from a hamstring concern. George Jennings comes in on the wing. Cameron Munster will return, though. He's in at 5'8 as he battles to recover from a knee and Infection. That means Nico Hines will come off the bench. Up front, Jesse Bromwich is back from suspension and Christian Welch returns from arrest, as does Felice Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich in the second row. For Manly Warringah, just the one change for Des Hasler's side. Josh Alloyer returns to the front row with Toff Sipley in Jersey 18. The NRL's Round 25 Team of the Week featured more than 50% Sea Eagles starters. This is a side that is absolutely ready for this blockbuster clash. Gents, what a way to start the final. They met a month or so ago. Manly lost that game, but the general consensus coming out of it seemed to be that Des Hasler would be the happier of the two coaches. What did we learn? Yeah, we learned that Manly can compete and certainly beat the Melbourne Storm. I think they led at one mm. stage. Uh, the couple of tries that Manly did concede were off, some, off their own errors in some regards, so not like Melbourne blew them away. We were waiting to see how Craig Bellamy would stop the, the Tom Travojevic. He sort of slowed him but didn't fully stop him. So I think mm. it opened up an opportunity. And as you said, it's good to go into them, see what they're like. You, you get a bit of a lesson, um, what, five weeks ago and you come back again. So I think I think this is going to be this game of the season. I can't wait for this opening semi-final. It's built so much and so well. And as you said, the, the form of Manly, um, the, the form of Tom against what, that, what Craig Bellamy can come up with, it's such a... Such an appetite that we can't wait for this game. Mm. 
absolutely pumped for it. Friday nights do not get much better than this, particularly at the moment. Yeah. Can I ask you about Josh Adokar, though, Robbie? He has been ruled out and there is some questions about the storm being a little bit vulnerable on the edges. Mm. How big a loss is he, both in attack and defence? Big loss, massive loss. I think uh, yeah, if there is one weakness in the storm at the moment, it, it is their edges. Uh, both wingers, George Jennings, uh, Lumi Lumi, I think, if I'm correct, probably his first final game, yeah. uh, finals appearance. Yeah. Uh, so when you look at the former Jason Saab and Ruben Garrick, I think that's one area where Manly will try and exploit whether it's the high ball. Jason Saab has obviously got the, the height advantage, great under the high ball. So, you know, I can see uh, both wingers for the Storm, you know, getting a, getting a bit of a, uh, a testing on, on Friday night. There's going to be a lot of traffic coming their way, you know, with the ball in hand and with the ball in the air. So, uh, yeah, that, that's something there where if you look at that Storm side, the, the four pack so experienced, now the halves, you know, everything's quite set except for their two wingers. So I think if Manly are a chance, they need to bring Jason Saab, Ruben Garrick into the game. Cameron Munster is there in the halves. Apparently he arrived at training today heavily bandaged but was then able to get rid of it and run freely. We know he's a big game player, Noddy. How important is he and the fact that he needs to be close to 100%. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're, obviously the knee will be fine. We're not sure about how drained it's going to be from obviously being hospitalised with the virus, bits and pieces cleaned up. Um, we saw him play State of Origin last year on the back of celebrating a very heavily grand final success. So I think he has the ability, Cam Munster, to turn up, forget about preparation and put one big performance in. It's 80 minutes. Uh, he's a big game player. He's one of Melbourne's most important players. He'll probably have a light week. Um, it, it'll be just, in, if I'm manly, I'm also now, as Robbie said, the, the weakness of the wingers, but also I'm making Munster make 30 tackles mm. just to drain him a bit more to take him out of the attack as well. Which, again, take away the strengths and how, yeah. who knows how his knee's going to be or how fresh he'll be when Friday night comes around because of that virus. Yeah, I think you do take a risk on him though because you've got the luxury of having Nico Hines on the bench yeah. who, if Cam Munster can't get through the game or if, if, he's, yeah, if he's not at 100%, you can easily bring Nico Hines straight into the halves there. So... Now, whilst I don't think he's going to be at 100%, I think it's well worth taking the risk because you win this week, you get the week off next week, he can freshen up, get, get rest again, and he'll be even better in a fortnight, a fortnight's time. So uh, a risk worth taking, even though he's not going to be at his best, I don't think. On the topic of big game players, Tommy Turbo is your game breaker yeah. in this one. Unsurprisingly, Robbie, what surprises me is that it's only his second finals game in yeah. seven seasons. Will we see that same awesome flamboyant approach against the Storm? Well, like Noddy said, I think last time they played uh, the Storm, obviously yeah, they come up with a game plan to, to try and stop him and limit uh, yeah, his influence on the game and they certainly did that. So it's a big game for Tommy because you know, when you look at uh, the Seagulls this year, I think they've had five appearances against the other top four teams and they haven't won a game against those, those teams in the competition. So you know, whilst they've been able to put the lesser teams to the sword this year, I think they're yet to prove themselves against you know, the Melbournes and the Penrith. So this is a big game and obviously off the, off the back of Tommy, he's going to be target number one you know, for the Storm. Uh, so he's going to have a lot of yeah, numbers around him when he's got the ball and uh, I'm sure on kick chases, they, yeah, they're going to go down. And Melbourne is so good. They're, they're very diligent in, in those uh, little areas of the game. So Tommy's got to find other ways to get himself in the game and break up this storm defence. So it's, it's a crucial game for him and, and uh, obviously he's going to be my, my game breaker this week. And the number one at the other end of the park is yours. Yeah, I think Ryan Pappenhausen played himself back into some form last week. And, and, and the reason why I say Melbourne Storm, it's Ryan Pappenhausen. It's the most important player of the game breaker for him because I think he'll be the person at the end of the set plays or the person that does the last pass on those set plays. So um, Melbourne Storm, and pretty much what I think Manly do, is they, they pick a weakness in the opposition and they just chase it and stay there all week or all game. Um, 
it'll be interesting who they chase for Manly this week. Um, I think Pappenhausen's leg speed will be very important to try and get through the middle in some some regards. But I think he's the. It's it's what Munster and Hughes can create for him of how much space Pappenhausen has and what decisions he comes up with the ball. Not many coaches have a good, positive mm. coaching record against Craig Bellamy. Des Hasler is one of the few that does. How much of an impact will those two super experienced mm. operators have on this game? Yeah, it is. And as you said, it's experience. Craig Bellamy's won numerous competitions. Des has you know, won competitions, been to lots of grand finals. Uh, not, many, not many times these coaches miss taking their team to, to the final series. So, yeah, they've been there. They know what it takes when you get, you know, to get to this stage of the season. And it's going to be a great battle. As I said, tactically, you know, how do you stop Tommy Turbo? And then for Desi, how do you stop Munster and, and Pappenhausen? And, you know, the, the two dummy halves with, you know, the combination of Brandon Smith and, and Harry Grant because, you know, they're so different in style. So, yeah, you've got to have plans around those players because, you know, whilst you're never going to completely shut those guys down. You've got to limit their influence on the game. And I think that's that's going to go a long way. The tactical preparation of these teams, that's going to go a long way to decide who wins this game. What a way to start the final series. It is going to be an absolute cracker. And then we head to Townsville for a doubleheader starting on Saturday afternoon with the elimination final. The Roosters up against the Titans. 5.40pm kickoff at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. For the Sydney Roosters, Trent Robinson has had to reshuffle his cards plenty of times this season. The big question was, will Sam Walker come off the bench or start? And there he is in jersey 14 for this one with Lachlan Lamb keeping hold of the number seven jersey. Jared Waria Hargreaves is a bit battered after a big season but he returns to the front row and Isaac Liu moves to the bench. Victor Radley is back so Egan Butcher shifts the woodwork alongside Fletcher Baker. Gold Coast, the only Queensland team to make the final eight this season, go with the same 17 bar one as last week. Kevin Proctor returns to the starting side from a shoulder injury. Sam McIntyre drops to the extended bench. So Tyrone Peachy remains at 5'8 after bagging a brace against the Warriors. David Fafita continues in his role as a weapon off the bench. And looking ahead, AJ Brimson was back at training today. If they make it to week two of the finals, he's a great chance of playing. Got to get past the Roosters to do that, though. And one of the big questions was that halves combination, Noddy. He's gone with Lockie Lamb, Sam Walker on the bench. How do you see Trent Robinson utilising Sam Walker in this game? Yeah, well, I think last week we saw he only got about eight minutes of game time. So it's a backup for if a half gets injured, Sam Walker can come in. I think if the Roosters are behind and it's late in the match, he puts Sam Walker on the field to try and score. It's They were great last week, Lamb and Hutchinson. They played a controlled game plan, good kicking game. Drew Hutchinson controlled it, and it makes them probably a better defensive unit. So um, I, I think that's the way they'll play it. That's what they rehearsed last week. That's what they'll do this week. Um, Sam, Sam Walker might even get on the field if things go to the Roosters' favour. It's such an interesting one, isn't it? We see Jared Warrior Hargreaves, who has had such a big season for the Roosters. He's back, as is Victor Radley. And Noddy, he's actually your game-breaker in this game, and not just because of what he brings in terms of physicality. No, I also I think it's very important for the attack point of view for the Roosters, because as you said, there's no Sam Walker in the side, so that, that sort of means it's more a defensive effort, um, game plan, kicking game, Lock and Lamb and, and Drew Hutchinson. So Victor Radley brings that toughness. Uh, he's aggressive. He's a, I think he's... Him and Jared are the sort of the leaders for the Roosters. And he does a very similar Cam Murray-Isaiah Yo role where he's that middle forward that links passes, starts to set plays. The important part for the Roosters is, you know, high kicking, or good kicking game, high completion rate, but to give the ball to Tedesco in space, and that'll probably come on the back of, uh, of more of Victor Radley passes more than anyone else's passes. Mm.
Interesting that you mentioned Tedesco there because from a Titans perspective, you're looking at the young fella at the back for the Titans as your game breaker in this one, Robbie. Yeah, I've got Jaden Campbell as my game breaker, I think. Yeah, watching him last week, he's just an impressive kid, full of confidence. Uh, you know, everyone thought when AJ Brimson got injured that you know that was probably going to be uh, the end of the Titans season, but he, you know he's really stepped in this young kid, and uh, he's just he's just full of X factor. He's a natural footballer, and I think for them to beat the, the Roosters this week, I think he's really got to get himself into the game. Now, obviously, everyone's going to you know, look to a David Fafita and 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 Tino, big Tino, and uh, Tyron Peacher. I think has been great at five eight as well. But you know, for me. Um, you know, if, if the Titans can really work hard on, on getting uh, Campbell around the ball and you know, even through the middle of the park, out the back of shifts on the, on the edges there, uh, really cause Arusa some headaches. The, t- the Titans are a side that can fall in and out of a match. Like, this is a, they're in the semi-final for the first time for a long time. It's, they're the only Queensland side in there. Uh, I think they've got a very successful coach in the future of Justin Holbrook. So they can't afford to have a 20-minute lull against the Roosters because yeah. they get blown off the park. So this is a really big match for them just to stay in the arm wrestle. Um, don't beat yourselves. Understand what semi-final football is all about. Um, and then rely, as, as Robbie said, like Campbell and Peachy are just off-the-cuff yeah. footy players that can make things happen. So they've just got to get themselves into a really good defensive effort um, Defend the house down, have lots of energy, don't have those little lapses because you can't do it in the semi final. Yeah. They did it earlier in the year against the Roosters. I think they were down 30 to 6. Yeah. Came back uh, 30 all in the second half, ended up losing the game to a Sam Walker field goal. But you don't want to be doing that in the semi final. You can't be getting behind by 12, 18, 24 points mm-hmm. to the Roosters in the semi final because they'll just shut you out of the game. We saw David Fafita scoring a try just a moment ago. One of 17 that he's scored this season, Noddy, which ranks him among the top three try-scoring forwards in the history of the game. Can we see that same kind of impact up against quality like Angus Crichton in the Roosters? Yeah, well, he's, he's too hard to stop. He's too big, too hard, too athletic. And sometimes he ends up running the sweep line on a block play out where the centre should be running. So his athleticism is ridiculous for a middle forward. As you said, it's... It's why the Titans went out and paid so much money for him. He, he's an X-factor. He does special things. Sometimes he can be criticised probably for some defensive efforts or lack of effort in a game of football. But when he wants to play and when he wants to score, it, potentially there's no way of stopping him. A big game for David Fafita yeah. and his Titans side. And that'll be followed by another big game in Townsville on Saturday evening. And this one is between the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. 7.50pm kickoff for Penrith. Only one change to the starting side for Ivan Cleary's men. Liam Martin moves back to the bench and Viliami Kikau comes into the second row. Mitch Kenny is in jersey 14 with prop Spencer Liniu also coming onto the bench. South Sydney look to their experienced campaigners after the baby bunnies got the job done in round 25. Wayne Bennett has stuck with 22-year-old Blake Taff in the number one jersey. AJ and Dane Gagai reclaim their places on the right edge. The halves pairing of Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds will be reunited. Mark Nichols moves back into the front row alongside Tavita Totola and Damien Cook returns after resting up last week. In the second row, Kian Kaloa Matangi and Jaden Sewer and Cameron Murray is at lock. Benji Marshall and Jacob Host move back to the bench alongside arrested Tom Burgess and Jai Arrow. These sides met just a couple of weeks ago in round 23. The Bunnies took an early lead in that game and then Nathan Cleary blew them apart and brought the Panthers right back into that contest. What did we learn, Noddy, from that clash? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously for South Sydney, they were very happy with the first 35 minutes. I think the penalty count was a bit uh, questionable at at the end of the match and Wayne Bennett wasn't happy with it. But for Penrith, it sort of... I think it gave Penrith belief that the longer they stay in the arm wrestle with South Sydney, those defensive lapses come, they can wear him down. 
and Nathan Cleary, I thought the second half just controlled the whole match. So they'll, they'll have a bigger bragging rights. They'll feel comfortable. Um, no Latrell Mitchell. The, you know, if you're playing against them, and you, you start to go, okay, well, it makes it easier to stop that left edge in attack. So I think Penrith will be very happy with it. South Sydney led after 35 minutes, so they know they mm. can challenge him, but then it's you've got to play for 80 minutes. Yeah. What about Brian Toto? Mm -hmm. He is one of my favourite players in the game, and I am not alone in that, I know. First career hat-trick, nearly 300 metres. What ankle surgery, Robbie? He's good yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah, back to his best. Uh, he hasn't missed a beat, and it makes such a difference in these big games when you can get your, your set started with the meterage that, that he's making and your back three are making. It's so crucial. Your forwards don't have to go back as far to get behind the ball. Uh, you find yourself in better field position. He is so crucial to what they're doing and, and, this, and the start of their sets. And uh, having him back uh, is a massive bonus. And uh, he, he showed that he can do it in origin. Uh, and I've got no doubt uh, he'll do it again through this semi-final series. He'll just go about his business and keep churning out those metres. As Robbie said, it's so important for the back five in big matches. And state of origin was New South Wales back five, blue Queensland back five yep. apart. And that's, that's where the momentum comes. That's where the time comes to come up with a better kick, not come off your line all the time, come up with yep. some sex to go calls. So back five is so important to the competition. And, you know, Stephen Crichton, it's, he's going to be a, he's a great kick target. But I think Wingsy's going to be his long-term position as well. He's just mm. a great athlete. Mm. Part of that back five for the Rabbitohs is Blake Taff. He's been named there in the number one jersey again, Robbie. Is he there come game day? I think he is. I think uh, you know Wayne's got all the confidence in him. I don't think you want to mess around with their halves pairing at the moment as much as I would have loved to have seen. And I think earlier in the year when, when Latrell Mitchell was uh, suspended, they, they put Benji at 5'8 and moved Cody Walker to fullback. Do you do that now you know, in your first semi-final? I think... Now, whilst I'd love to see Benji start the game, I, I don't think you want to mess with the pairing of, of uh, uh, Renault and, and Cody Walker in the halves. And, and Blake Taff has shown he's a, he's a good young kid and he's ready to go. And it seems as though he's got the full confidence of the coach. Will Cleary absolutely test him from very early on under the high ball? Yeah, Nathan Cleary's got the best floating bomb in the competition. Yeah. Kicks it a fair way. We saw what happened to Josh Mansour a few weeks ago. He was terrified, or terrorised, sorry, by the bombs. Um, he'll, he'll test him out. He, he looked like a good kid last week. He looked yeah. comfortable under the high ball. He had some floaters he had to catch last week. He came up with a couple good of hands, good yeah. little short side plays down that left edge, which would be where the Troy Mitchell normally pops up. So there's similarities to mm. styles of football. I, I think he's earned the right to play fullback, he did some good things last week. You'll certainly be challenged and questioned, and they'll go after him, Penrith, because he's a rookie. But that's the job of a, a senior player to chase a kid. Latrell has had 13 try assists this season. Yeah. With him missing, how much extra pressure is on Cody Walker in terms of that creativity? Yeah, it's the best left edge in the competition. But without Latrell Mitchell, then does it still stay the best left edge in the competition? Uh, it normally goes Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, and then they either score there or they pass the ball to someone else. So. Uh, I wouldn't have thought they'd go away from their left edge. Uh, Alex Johnson will be hopeful they don't go away from their left edge or the tries that he keeps scoring. But without Latrell Mitchell out the back, it probably just doesn't make it as intimidating. Um, you're not maybe panicking in the decision. So it makes Cody Walker uh, the game breaker for, the, for South Sydney. So basically, if you can stop Cody Walker, then you nearly stop all of South Sydney's points. Well, they did that last time. You know, Cody Walker had a really quiet game yeah. against Penrith last time. They, they shut him down defensively. Yeah. I think for South to be a chance in this game, Cody needs to get himself in the game and really terrorise this Penrith defence because, like Noddy said, I think he's their game-breaker. And if they keep him quiet, I think that goes a long way to Penrith winning the game. Does it come down to... Does Cody Walker not play too much if it's coming out of yardage for the full 80 minutes? Because that, that game, mm. Penrith did... They completed pretty good that second half. And that all, all South did for half a game. I know it was on the back of a bad, a bad penalty count. All they did was yardage sets, and there was no Latrell Mitchell or Cody Walker. So it's tough. In, mm. in theory, if they're coming out of yardage, 
Penrith had done their job. Yeah, correct. And, and that's and like you said, that's where you know, you, your back five come yeah. into play because then you're getting better kicks and, and it's all about that field position because then you know, if you get Souths coming off their line for most of the game, as they did last time, it nullifies the threat of Cody yeah. Walker and, and well, Latrell Mitchell's not there, but it, it does. It, it's so much harder to attack when you're coming out of those positions on the footy field. From a Panthers perspective, Isaiah Yo so crucial to all they do in attack as, yeah. as that ball playing forward. He is, and he's my game-breaker. I think, obviously... Probably everyone would have expected uh, your game breaker to be a, a Nathan Cleary or a Jerome Luai. But as you said, I think so much of Penrith's attack comes off the back of Isaiah Yeo and the work he does around the middle of the park. Uh, yeah, he really uh, opens up their attack with you know, his ball playing ability, takes the pressure off uh, Nathan Cleary and, and Jerome Luai, and uh, they, they get to play off the back of him. You know, he's got the ability to show and go and get quick play the ball or you know, hit short to his other uh, middle forwards or play out the back as well. So the, the variety that he provides... Uh, yeah, is crucial to what they're doing and I think it's going to be crucial in this game because you've got a similar player on the other side of the park in Cameron Murray that provides the same for South Sydney. So it's going to be a great battle between the two number 13s this week. And two of the best game players in our game, which mm. is awesome. We often talk about the Panthers' attack. We mentioned those guys you've just mentioned. They have the best defence in the competition as well and we know the Rabbitohs have one of the best attacks in the competition. Who wins this game? I actually think Penrith win this game pretty comfortably. I think no, no Latrell Mitchell is a massive loss for the South Sydney side. And as you said, the best defensive team in the competition playing against one of the best attacking sides, but without their number one strike player. Mm. Uh, I think, it, I think it's, it's for Penrith to lose in some regards. Win this one, and if the Storm have won on Friday night, you make sure that you do not meet the Melbourne Storm until grand final day. How big a carrot is that? Are you assuming Melbourne's winning on yeah. Friday night? I just said that. <laughs> if they win on Friday night, win, Manly uh, fans uh, might be backing you. Oh, look, it's... Yeah, look, it, it is a little bit of a carrot, but you know, if you're not playing Melbourne, you're going to be playing Manly and yeah. uh, Tommy Turbo side that's you know, in pretty good form. So, look, I, I just think... You want to win this game, you get the week off, you're, one, you're 80 minutes away from a grand final appearance regardless of you know, who you're playing because to win the grand final, you, you've got to play the best anyway. So um, I don't think you're worried about who you're going to be playing in two weeks' time or three weeks' time. You just want to win and get the week off. It'll be important. I think because the competition's so close, we've said how good the top four are. To, to have to play four big matches could be drained by grand final day. Yeah. So I think if you, whoever the winner of this weekend will come... I think the Premiers come out of whoever the two winners are this weekend because of the freshness they'll have on grand final week. They get that rest. Yeah, 100%. Let's head to our Sunday Arvo footy and an elimination final. The Parramatta Eels taking on the Newcastle Knights 4.05pm at Brown Park in Rocky. For Parramatta, Brad Arthur welcomes back his rested big guns for this game. Captain Clint Gutherson is ready to go. Viliami Penasini and Wonga Blake in the centres. Blake Ferguson on the other wing. Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses will be directing the attack. Will Smith is in Jersey 14. Regan Campbell-Gillard returns alongside Junior Paulo in the front row with Maka Essie Makatoa moving to the bench. Ray Stone shifts from lock to hooker with Joey Lussick set to miss one to two weeks with a calf strain. Sean Lane and Marata Niakore are in the second row with Bryce Cartwright moving to the bench and Nathan Brown at lock. Isaiah Papali'i is back via the bench and Ryan Madison is in jersey 18. Newcastle looking like a full-strength night side. Heimel Hunt comes back onto the edge with Star Toa dropping out of the 21. The Saifidi brothers are reunited in the front row. Big inclusions for the Knights. Josh King and David Clemmer, who was in some doubt with rig cartilage issues, they're both on the bench. Jaden Braley is back at hooker for Chris Randall, who'll miss the rest of the season with a broken thumb. Tyson Frizzell and Mitch Barnett are in the second row with Brody Jones moving to the interchange and Suaso Su is on the bench as well after he was a late withdrawal last week with a hamstring complaint. 
Let's talk about the two halfbacks. To begin with, because we love to, you guys hog the headlines all the time. Mitch Moses and yeah. Mitchell Pierce, both much maligned and much loved in their own way at different moments in their careers. Who wins the battle of the playmakers? Because Robbie, you've named Mitch Moses as your game breaker. Yeah, I have got Mitch as my game breaker this week, um, purely because yeah, for Parramatta to win, he's got to have a big game. They've obviously they're not they're missing their recognised number nines. Uh, Joey Lustig's out this week as well as obviously Reid Marnie uh, previously. A lot of pressure on Mitch coming into this game. Parramatta haven't performed in the you know, any time they've got to this stage in the last few seasons. So question marks over their uh, ability to perform in big games. He obviously got uh, criticised after his performance in State of Origin this year as well uh, and his ability to, to step up in the big game. So it's a, a big game for, for Mitch Moses this week to lead this Parramatta side to victory. And uh, as you said, coming up against a, an experienced half in, in Mitchell Pearce, been around for a long time, Mitchell Pearce. So a great battle. And um, for me, for Parramatta to win, Mitch Moses has to be man of the match. And the footage we just saw there of Mitchell Moses running the ball, that's what he's got to do. Mitchell Pearce and Mitchell Moses, in my mind, are very similar players. They like to steer the side around, they do a lot of catch passing and they bomb a lot of times from the halfway. The greatest strength of both of them is actually when they run the ball. Mm. They just, I think, feel, sometimes they feel like they just sit back and play the game organiser and the game steerer rather than actually playing in the game. So, as I agree with Robbie, if, if Parramatta win, Mitchell Moses is, is the star in the match for Parramatta because he's running the ball and because he's busy and because he's active. And probably the same thing for Newcastle. If Mitchell Pearce is active and busy, then he's going to have people in and around him, which then brings Caelan Ponga into the game. Um, front rowers, great to have some big, powerful front rowers back because they're going to lay a platform for you. RCG is one of them. And early in the season, it felt like if he fired, the Eels fired. How crucial is he? And will he be back to full strength again immediately? Yeah, you're right. Their, their early season form was off the back of uh, Campbell Gillard, Junior Paulo in the middle of the park, Isaiah Papali'i. Uh, all these guys were, were really going forward and laying the platform for their halves. And a great battle this week. You've got the, the two Saifidi brothers you know, back in the starting side coming up against uh, RCG and, and Junior Paulo in the front row. Then you've got Clemmer coming off the bench. Uh, yeah, really, really good battle in the middle of the park, which is something I'm, I'm looking forward to. And you know, we spoke about the halves. The halves can only do their job if their forwards are laying the platform. So for Mitch Moses to have a great game, he's going to need his forward pack to lay the platform. And on the other side of the field, it's the same for Mitchell Pearce. So yeah, there's no doubt that yeah, these opposition forwards are going to be looking at each other, taking each other on down the middle of the park because they know it's going to go a long way to win this game. Adam O'Brien hasn't had a full-strength side to choose from that many times this season, Noddy. But within that night side, you've named a pretty clear game-breaker. Yeah, I'd love to see Caelan Ponger as busy as a James Tedesco or Tom Travojevic. He's got so much class. He just doesn't, In my mind, he doesn't touch the ball often enough. Um, he's a great run of the ball. Obviously, he's sensational up that left edge. Um, that should set up some big 40% left short sides where he can get the ball. He also then can introduce a guy called Bradman Best into the game if they do that up that left edge. So um, I just sometimes feel like he... He's not busy enough for how much talent he's got. He gets a, he, he's so good, and when he scores, you're like, oh, wow. Like, it gets him through. But I'd love to see him look at James Tedesco and Tom Travojevic numbers and touches and go, it's do or die for us this weekend. I need to be really busy for my side to win. Jaden Braley will be looking to have that kind of an impact as well, Robbie, particularly given that the Eels are missing Reid Marnie. They're missing Joey Lussick now as well. Is the ruck an area that the Knights really need to win that battle? Definitely. When you, when you have an established number nine like Jaden Braley, he can really take control of that ruck, take the pressure off his halves, take the pressure off Caleb Ponga at the back, and it, it, flo it, you know, it flows through the team. Uh, you know, when you've got a, a Ray Stone, a dummy half for, for the Eels, who you know, hasn't got the, I guess, the intricacies of playing number nine, 
you know, your, your markers, when you're defending and you know your nine's not a threat in the opposition, you can easily just go put pressure on the halfback. So there's, when there's no threat around the dummy half, like Ray Stones, I, I don't think he's going to have much of a, a threat when it comes to you know, the little you know, finesse parts of playing dummy half. Uh, it, it really puts more pressure on Mitch Moses. And I think that's the one advantage that you know, Newcastle do have is having Jaden Braley back in there, controlling the ruck. It's going to take the pressure off Mitch Moses, off... Um, off Jake Clifford, um, and I think that can really open up their game in attack. It's the reason that Scott Prince and Benji Marshall had a day out in 05, because <laughs> of the ball playing style of Robbie Farrow. You've got to drag him in, suck him in, bite the markers uh, up, and then you pass. No, but, uh, look, when, when, you, when you've got different points of attack yeah. in the footy field, yeah. your defence, uh, you're worried about everything. You, like, you can't go and trip, triple team yeah. a, a Kalen Ponger out wide because you've got to worry about where the ball is at the moment. But when you haven't got a threat there... Yeah. You know, all of a sudden your eyes are out wide and you can and you can nullify a Caelan Ponger out wide. So it, it does. It, it filters across yeah. the park. So you need a threat out of dummy half. And I think, I mean, sorry, Parramatta are really going to struggle not having that this week. Speaking of those threats out wide, how concerning is the edge defence for both sides? I think pretty concerning, yeah. They've been so poor defensively. Or they make poor, they make very erratic decisions at times. Like, they don't seem to work together too often. There's, and, again, that comes from multiple changes and new combinations, different halves. The three men makes a lot of decisions on, on how the edge is going to defend. But um, both teams will be very nervous about how much ball or how much good ball do you get with the defence going backwards and them being a little bit vulnerable. I think they can handle it when they're set and controlled. Yeah. It's just when you're under a little bit of pressure. Back-to-back sets, um, how much attack... It's different. Like, we spoke about how good the Penrith back five are that starts a set to six off and gets a roll. These two sides don't have that power of the back five. So they rely on their mm-hmm. middle forwards and, and then they need to make sure when the chance comes to score that you nail it because you mightn't get too many chances to score. Who mm-hmm. wins this game? I think Parramatta win. Um, you know, Newcastle, for me, I don't know how they finished seventh. I, I, I think they've been... In, <laughs> Never in doubt. They, they, they won, I think, uh, before, before the weekend, they won four or five yeah. in a row and they just didn't look good at all winning those games. Their attacks really struggled in the last month. I just don't know, unless, not not, not he said, I want to see Callum Ponga get his hands on the ball as much as he can because, as you said, that there are question marks over the edge defence of Parramatta and they need Callum Ponga posing questions to them all game long for them to, to come up with some points. If Callum Ponga doesn't get himself into the game, I can't see too many points out of this Newcastle side. Well, that is how week one of the final rounds out on Sunday afternoon, but it kicks off on Friday night with an absolute corker. The Storm up against the Seagulls, and you, of course, do not need to miss a moment of the action across Fox Sports, KO, Channel 9, Sky Sports New Zealand, and watch NRL for our international (coughs) viewers. All right, before I get your predictions for week one of the finals, let's have a quick look back at your round 25 predictions. I'm going to say that Tom Tavoyevich will score one try. <laughs> Anthony Milford will send off the Broncos with a win, a big win, uh, and we'll see that tiny bit of light that we hoped he was going to become for the Broncos as he waves goodbye with a massive victory over the night. For Anthony Milford in his final game as a Brisbane Bronco to race over. I think Canberra will make the eight. I think they win. The Sharks will still lose to the Storm. And I think on Sunday there could be... 120 points in both games. 44 points to nil. 38 nil. The full time score. Are you wearing the same shirt as last week? Yeah. 
That's my NRL team's yeah. cardigan. It's your yeah. special, yeah, special Tuesday afternoon show. That's right. Beautifully done. And there were a couple of ticks. There was a couple of nice sound effects. Yeah, it's semi-final, Neve. It's time to get serious. So it's time mm. to put the big guns out. All so. right. Well, let's do it then. What's your predictions coming out of week I'll one of the finals? I'll give you the winners for all four games. Please. I think the Storm win by one point. Oh, and Mar- you got margin. I'm going margin there. <laughs> oh, <it's time>. Hold <laughs> on. Penrith will win comfortably. Yeah. Penrith comfortably. Roosters only because of big game experience, but Jaden Campbell will still be a star. And I've got golden point in the Para Newcastle game. Wow, Who wins? Couple that's of one not a winner. Points. Who wins? Para. Robbie. I'm you don't go, have to match him. No, nah, I'm going to go. Uh, every the, the man of the match of every game is going to be a fullback. Ooh. I think the fullback's going to have a big big say in who wins this week. Whether it's you know a Teddy, a Turbo, a Pappenhausen, yeah. a, a Clint Gutherson, a, a Jaden Campbell, a Ponga. Yeah. I think the fullbacks are the man of the matches this week. Which suggests we're going to see some pretty awesome attacking footy played as well. Yep, let's hope so. Semi-finals here. We've, we've yeah. come out big today. I cannot wait. You guys have been up for it. We're up for it. We hope you are as well. Enjoy week one of the finals. We'll see you right back here on NRL Teams next Tuesday. Yeah.